This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. I made it on time, but just barely. You're on time is so frustrating to me because I'm never on time for anything. So I'm like doing three things and you're messaging me exactly when you say you're going to be like, I'm ready. Like, sort of, how is she so punctual all the time? I am five minutes late is on time to me. So, oh (laughs) God, being late is like my biggest pet peeve, but I, I have to, so I have to fill you in, I think. I'm not going to describe the level of chaos that is my life, like, okay, because we don't have that kind of time. But just to give you a snapshot of my morning, okay, okay, um, and the hell that I went through, because today's technically my day off, right? right. This is our so easy day. This is my easy day. So, yeah. So if I showed you my calendar of all the things I had to do today, you would probably cry. But so... So woke up this morning. I'm just going to take you through it. I woke up okay. this morning and everybody was in a great mood. My husband had made tea for my daughter and I. It was glorious. Um, and he even took the girls to the bus stop so I could, you know, have a leisurely breakfast. That's very nice. Really, very nice. So by that, it means having like a breakfast taquito, right, in five minutes so I could spend 30 minutes on my computer because I'm never in front of the computer mm. when I'm working on the horses and stuff and uh so i did that and then (laughs) i ran to the barn because i had free time so i was like this is great i haven't seen my horses in two weeks i'm gonna get to ride it's gonna be glorious i get there and i get a message and it's like oh hey heather i'm so glad you're gonna be doing this talk in april for like the colts neck trail riders club can i'm gonna come out and take a little promo video of you like okay i won't ride Right. So I'll just do some some groundwork and whatever. So I go do that. Pony's definitely off. There's something going on with him. Um, and he just got diagnosed with Cushing's. So I'm giving him body work and I'm kind of checking that out. Did the little promo video. And then I like race out of there because I have to go pick up this thing at a department store that was ready and that they're going to like cancel it if I don't pick it up today because <laughs> today's the last day that I could pick it up. And then of course, it doesn't happen. Like, I was sitting there for 20 minutes. I'm, like, calling them. Like, nobody brings it out to me. So I race off to Taco Bell because I haven't really eaten. So I'm going to grab lunch, eat in the car so I could race home to get on the call with you. And I was uh, on time. Yeah. And I went nowhere. Um, <laughs> I got up at 930. I made coffee. I walked around the front yard with my cat. I yelled at him for killing a butterfly. Uh, and then I set up a whole bunch of like admin stuff for us and I still was late. I was late. Yeah. And that's, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Like I literally, I, well, I, I'm like 
all stressed out now and I'm like having trouble <laughs> coming down from this like panic of because I felt like I had so many things back to back. And this is actually my calm time because you and I get to chat and this is like fun. Yeah. The second my kids come home from school, right. I'm racing one kid to an appointment. The other's got to play tonight, which means she also has an after party. Oh my and gosh. it never ends. I don't think people ever really understand how freaking time consuming children are. Like the, like the amount of ferrying to and fro and, oh, I've got... Yeah, like the whole play thing. Like it's Thursday, right? So they're going to be out late. They're keeping you out late tonight. And everything still has to go on tomorrow. Yeah. Plus she probably has another performance. Yeah. Yes, that's (laughs) correct. And guess who gets to go to every single one of them? Right. (laughs) Yay. Like it's just so much. And because I only had one and he didn't, he wasn't involved in a ton of stuff until like he was really into doing a lot of different band and orchestra things in high school. But like before that, he didn't participate in a lot of stuff. So when I went, I went to work at this one place where like everybody had a bunch of kids and a bunch of different things. And I didn't have anything to talk to them about because all they talked about was like going to bed early on Friday night so they could take their kids to soccer on Saturday morning. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm I'll so be honest. I, I think it's harder. Yeah, I think it's harder when they get older because when their babies sure – yeah. You know, you're tired, but like y- your time is still your own and you do the things that you choose, right? Because your kid is so little, unless you want them in jamboree and all those things, like right. you don't have to do this. But as they get older, they have, you know, different interests and they want to try different hobbies. And then you multiply that by the number of kids you have. And there's a reason that I have to stop working by 3 p.m. every day. And it's so I can be a mom from three to eight right? and then at 8 p.m. all I want to do is go to bed because I'm burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. So all your stuff falls by the wayside because you're exhausted from being everybody else's human. Yeah. 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 And it's it's interesting because I mean my husband's like you're always tired. It was like fuck yeah I'm tired. Like have you seen (laughs) The amount of shit, like I go away for three days and all hell breaks loose because right. you can't keep up with it. So I recently did a photo shoot for Fitz Riding and, you know, it could be said that I maybe don't fit the normal body type for equestrian wear. So I was a little bit wary when I tried on the clothes, but I have to tell you, uh, I'm so excited to see how this comes out because... The breeches were incredibly comfortable, something that I could wear all day going from work to the saddle and still feel really, really cute. Right? And at somehow, I still find time to write. I still find time to, like, keep my websites updated. I still find time to, like, you know, breathe. And I feel like sometimes the barn time is, like, the only time I get to just be. Yeah. Yesterday, I totally get that. And like yesterday, uh, you know, I had kind of had a cold after the expo. And so I didn't do too much like outside. I just finished my book and I proofread it. And then I'm I sorry, you just finished your 103,000 word book. Well, they're all yeah. that length. So like <laughs> everybody's like, it's, it's like I don't usually share the the word length. And so people are freaking out. It's kind of hilarious. They're like, you wrote that book. It's 100,000 words. I'm like, yeah, because the last one was 100,000 words. And I want them to look the same. <laughs> On the shelf. It's aesthetically pleasing. Thank you. <laughs> it is. And and it's 
there's four main characters, so there's a lot of story to tell. So, you know, whatever. I'm just glad I finished it. <laughs> just really, really, really glad I finished it because uh, it was killing me. But uh, I, it was like five, and I was like, well, I don't want to ride because I still kind of have a cold. So... I took the horses, I took, uh, I haltered Ben and then Manny came along and we took him onto like the, the new, the driveway we had fenced off earlier in the winter and just let them graze out there. Like just to experience a new piece of the property they'd never been on. And it was, that was enough. It was like half an hour horse time. Manny came up and let me scratch him. Ben just wanted to eat. And we just had a nice, like, that was, that was my downtime for the day. It was just like half an hour of grazing the horses. That sounds that amazing. Was, that was good. It wouldn't have been that, enough a certain period of time ago, but it is now. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of the thing. Like I had the goal to go and ride Ferris, right? Um, and all I was thinking this morning was like, oh, I can't wait to get a leg over, right? Because like, I've only ridden once in the last two weeks. Right. And... Then I got there and I was like, I am not mentally capable of connecting with my horses in the saddle right now. Like, if I were to swing a leg over, I would just be thinking about all the other stuff I have to do. I'd be rushing it. Like, there wouldn't be – it would be a job, mm-hmm. right? It would be a training ride. It's it's effort, yeah, right? Like, riding? Want you want to If you want to ride, you have to be there and present. You can't just – it's not like showing up and throwing your leg over and being like, work, 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 work for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you have to be mentally present or your horse knows you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. And they'll take it out on you however they choose to take it out on you. <laughs> it depends on the horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no way. Delight is one that he be- he usually gets pushed to the side a little bit because yeah. Delight is one. If you're rushing, he is not the one. It is not <laughs> the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Ferris is more forgiving, but even today, Ferris, I went to go halter him, and he like walked away from me. He was like, "Your energy is not okay today," <laughs> and I respect that, you know. But yeah. today, I was like, "No, no, no!" But you just blew an abscess. Like, I need to to check you. Like, there's I haven't had hands on you in five days. Like, mm-hmm. you just got diagnosed with Cushing's. I haven't seen you. Like, I need to make sure you're okay, right? So. I kind of took a few deep breaths. I grabbed him. We went in. We had, you know, some good quality time together. But, yeah, even though I was like, okay, not not a good day for me. Like, today is not a good day for me. So I'll try again on Saturday. And if that doesn't work, then Sunday. Because what happens to me is I focus so much on what I have to do that I ended up – I end up getting really kind of – not depressed, but like – I end up not wanting to go to the barn at all. Yeah. Because definitely. I feel like overwhelmed. Yeah. The barn be, the barn feels like the disposable thing because of the the physical and mental energy, right? Like I have to drive there and then it's going to take me all this time. I have to groom, I have to think about grooming, you know. I got to tack up. I got to put the saddle on. I, I got to ride and that's going to be hard work. And what if he does something stupid? I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm getting tired thinking about it. My horse is outside. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And it's so crazy because there's I have so many like I have so many goals that I'm not even remotely close to attempting to fulfill. Like, There's so many things I want to do. And 
be whatever I whatever I do I end up riding two or three days a week <laughs> every damn time that's like the sweet spot though right <laughs> I I guess I don't know if either of us are getting any stronger or better but we're, we're certainly in a, a maintenance mode kind of place <laughs> yeah well I mean I love that you're calling it maintenance mode I use that in terms with the bodywork stuff but yeah I would say like I've been using my barn time planner and I've been trying to be really goal oriented with my horses and even my trainers like, wow, you've been here a lot lately. Of course, that was before all the trips. But um, so, you know, now I have to get back into that groove. But like even then, I would be lucky if both horses got attention two days a week. So that's four yeah, days total. Two horses. is That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, I don't, and you know, I just, so it's, at this point they may not be improving, but they're not going downhill either. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Ben is slowly coming back after having like a year and a half off. Like he's slowly getting better and he's moving better and he's paying more attention to me. And these are all good things. Uh, I, I'm the kind of person that worries a lot about fitness, like, injuries related to asking too much that kind of thing I I worry so much about that and so it it makes me um think well I'm never going to get him fit because then it's going to be summer again and so I'm never really going to start jumping him or doing other like things you know he likes to play around I like to play around so I want to do those things I'm just like I don't know when I'm ever going to feel comfortable doing it (laughs) when neither of us are fit ever (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I'm definitely not fit. I rode when I the last time I rode Ferris was in a lesson. And I don't know if I told you this, but this is how you know you have a good trainer. I, uh, you know, I hadn't been there in a little bit. And we had our scheduled lesson. I finally was able to make it. And (laughs) I go, Robin, I don't think I'm gonna be able to ride delight for this one. Because like, I'm in too many different places mentally and delight takes focus. He is particular. And she goes, oh, I already know I wrote Ferris on the board for you. And I was like, wow, my trainer knows me so well. I didn't even have to say anything. She just like gets it. But then I wrote him and boy, did we school him, right? I was, my calves were burning. My, I had to take a couple of walk breaks because like just to get my breath, like the amount of work it took to get him to use his body properly because he's a cheater, just like his mom. <laughs> It was exhausting. And this is me who who when I'm when I'm doing well, I ride two to three times a week. And I don't mean just light riding. I mean I ride ride. You know, like I school my horses. Right. When I do. So yeah. I'm I'm not fit <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's funny too, like uh I told you about a potential to go fox hunting in the fall, right? Yes. And so I'm thinking I have to be fucking fit you got leg up girl go, yeah like i need to leg up i need maybe to start running like i need to get it together <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can we document that please because you know I, I, I used to run i just uh, i did too it yeah. wasn't pretty but i did it. no i hate it i hate it like with a burning passion it's the worst thing ever um the only other way i know to get fit really quick is to like get on babies but it's not baby season <laughs> i mean i would do it if if I if I lived 15 minutes closer to Ocala, I would probably be like, you know what? I think I'll go get on some babies for somebody because I enjoy it. Uh, and that will get you fit really quick. You're out there posting like around fields in a flat exercise saddle. 
like your legs you want to talk about thigh burn by the end of the first ride you're crying and you've got five more (laughs) (laughs) it's great (laughs) hi buddy cat's here uh of course he is (laughs) so i kind of wish i could do that just because it would be fitness by fire but you know probably best that i don't also because you know 40 something (laughs) <laughs> break well, easy I, I have tried to get back don't into, have general doctor oh my god <laughs> i've tried to get back into like the doing like the couch to 5k challenge or whatnot yeah but i gotta be honest my ankles and my knees they don't like it like no, it's, I, I don't think it's good for you that's the problem with it like it's it's no i think it's genuinely unhealthy unless you're like a body type that is suited tor- for it um, yeah, I'm definitely not built like a runner. I'm built like a potato. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm built to It's ride. like, let's like, roll have, you. I have long legs and a short torso and a high waist. Like, I'm very much built to ride horses. That was my genetic plan. <laughs> not to run on my own two feet. <laughs> oh, please. Even now, like, if I get on delight, everyone laughs. They're like, oh, my God, are your stirrups just, like, really short? I was like, no, my legs are short. Like, shush. Like, I fit the pony better. We all know it. Relax. Um, so even, you know, just posting out of the saddle, like posting on Delight is a workout because oh, he's yeah. so tall and floaty and I have to over-exaggerate everything, which, you know, I'm really good at over-exaggerating everything, but, <laughs> but my body. Um, but yeah, I know. Fitness is – here's – so I don't know about you. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Real talk. Real talk. Um, do you – and obviously this is a leading question here. Do you <laughs> ever get into like a really good groove getting back into riding horses, whatever, and then something happens, even like a trip, a book, something, it derails you and then you're like worse than it started? Like it's, you have trouble getting back in? Oh, yeah. And I can remember, I remember telling a trainer this when, you know, back when I worked at Grand Cypress, so I would have been in my 20s, right? And I had a little kid and I said to her like, I don't, I don't keep riding because if I ride for four days, but then I have to go somewhere and then I have to work all nights and I'm not going to ride for four more days that I don't see what the point was in the prior four days rides. Like they, to me, that just was deleting the progress. Like it that crossed I it made. out. Yeah. Like what was, why even ride those four days if the next four days are going to be dark? Didn't what you're going to be back at square one four days later and I don't know if that's true or not it was certainly true with the horse that I had at the time bless her but uh I don't know if that's really a good philosophy or not but it's the one that I've struggled with for sure I think you still struggle with that because I remember you saying in a past conversation that um you know you feel like you're getting fit and then you take some time to kind of step back and then you feel like you have to start over again yeah and I don't I don't I guess that's not really a philosophy. That's the truth cuz I could look at myself and tell you that's the case. Like, nothing good is happening. <laughs> uh, well, well even so from a bodywork perspective, right? I think I look at Ferris who we have fits and starts seasonally because of his conditions, right? Mm-hmm. He cannot be ridden from like July through September, depending on how hot it is, right? Right. Like he just physically, if I get on, it's for a a light hack for maybe a few minutes and then he gets like three baths. Like he doesn't sweat, so he can't be ridden hard, which means that he was retired for that whole season, generally speaking. Um, And so I constantly feel like when October hits, 
we are starting from scratch. Right. Right. And so that's why I kind of refer to him as my constant project pony, because by the end of, you know, January, we're moving and grooving. He's looking amazing and he's feeling amazing. And then, you know, bad weather yeah might get, might get you right and then it's like taking a couple steps back and maybe we start out having a couple bad rides but i do find that if it's like a month off it's a lot easier to come back from that because he hasn't lost as much muscle and he's got more of that muscle memory than if we have to take like three months off yeah right so i think if i take like a week or two away and i come back and ride him he shouldn't have really lost too much he might be stiff, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see what you mean about like muscle memory and stuff. Like I could say, like I said, I ride now three days a week when I'm lucky and I feel really, whenever, it's, whenever I get to that third day, I'm like, fuck yeah, it's all happening for me now. And then I have to like go and do then- something else. <laughs> <laughs> but I could say with confidence, I have a better seat now than I had three months ago. Um, Ben is moving better than he was three months ago. Like all of these, there are factors that are improved. Um, so I get, uh, I, you know, it's probably just a matter of deep impatience to be the person that I used to be. Well, but <laughs> when is I that, was 20. <laughs> is, but is that ever going to happen? Like, no, I, but I keep I writing these bo- reading these books and writing these books, but I don't know. You, I maybe I I shouldn't have I shouldn't be reading the Dressage Chronicles. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I'm reading the Dressage Chronicles by Karen McGoldrick, which came out like the she started the same year I I really did with Equestrian Fiction, and but I never read this book, and so I, I started reading it on the way home from Horse World Expo, and I don't know who gave Karen permission to talk to about you the way she did. Talk about my life. <laughs> Do you but pers- this, feel personally violated right now? I do. I have been personally <laughs> violated by Karen McGoldrick. This book, almost every single thing that has happened in this book to this young woman who is a working student happened to me. Like the same people, the same situations. <laughs> now, why that makes me wish I could ride more, I, I guess that's just proof of my brainwashing in the equestrian community. <laughs> But it's, you know, it's a lot of good stuff. It's just, you know, there's there's a lot of rich psychos too. But I think things like that, I read things like that. And I'm like, I can still do this. I can, and I could still do that. If I did run away and become a working student who had nothing else on her plate, but riding and grooming and mucking out every single day, which obviously is oh, neither a want nice? nor a need. <laughs> I mean, my God, I was in the best shape of my life when I was a working student. Yeah. Like, hauling water buckets and you know Mm -hmm. I had so much who needed a gym but I I will say and I don't know if you agree with me on this one because I can only speak about my perspective but like (laughs) I feel like I know more like I'm a more technical rider I know more about how to ride how to get the best out of my horse now than I did 10 years ago or even five years ago but physically that's not caught up with me. Like mentally, like I know the aids, I know how to hold my body, but like I don't have the stamina or the yeah. leg strength that yeah. I used to. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I would like a combination of those two things. Like I would like a body that can do these things to match my brain. <laughs> yeah. It made me wonder if I should try to find a part-time working student gig or something. But I don't know. I think I would fit that in. I think I would force it, like use a shoehorn. 
a hammer, a jam that into my schedule. <laughs> but 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 if you do do that, then will you have as much time for your own horses? No. See, that's the thing. That's that that's that weird work life balance thing that like all adults struggle with, right? But should and I? It's tough. Get better at horsemanship on a schoolmaster and then apply those lessons to my horse or should I just keep riding my horse and absorbing information through podcasts and books and what I find on my own what's better well I don't think that's that's I think it really depends on what your goals are right um I really do think it depends on what your goals are because like I just started taking lessons again for the first time in like three years and she's not necessarily telling me things I don't know right right? but what she's doing and this is why I love my trainer so much like she's become one of my best friends is that she trains me as if I'm training the horse so she doesn't focus on me and what I'm doing wrong or what I could do better she focuses and says okay so when you do this, when you take the inside rein, do you feel how he gives here? Do you feel how it moves the shoulder over? Okay, try more of that. And so she's kind of working me through like what she would do if she was riding. Yeah. And that's nice because she doesn't do that. That's not how she teaches everybody. So the fact that she's giving me that kind of credit and that of knowledge and she's like, okay, well, I know I'm going to show you this and you're going to practice it. So when we come back, you'll have that down, right? I love that. Yeah, I think help with your own horse is probably the most important thing because that's your horse, right? And that's your project for as long as you have that horse or he's alive or whatever. That's a huge undertaking to have an animal, you know, a whole life under your wing like that. Um, The other side of it, riding a schoolmaster and working on you is just to be like, by the, you know, by the time you stop riding, by the day you die, are you going to be the best possible rider you could have been? And it's not even really a showing question for me because showing is so subjective. I don't really, and it's expensive. But just to be like, I'm the best rider I could have been, I would like, I kind of wonder about that too. You know, it's that old sick ambition of mine creeping up and I need to squash it down (laughs) by not reading horse books. (laughs) No, you don't need to squash it because it makes you want to be better, right? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's frustrating wanting to be better. It is because frustrating. It, it brings up conversations like this where you go, wouldn't you like to do that? Well, it's a shame because you really can't. <laughs> you don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it leads you back to like the, well, I should just give up because that's me. I get frustrated yeah. and I get overwhelmed and I say, you know what? I just need to take some time where like I will then lack motivation to even go practice those things because I feel so frustrated. Right. Then I end up not wanting to go to the barn or ride. Yeah. And Right. That's got to be a key burnout piece right there for so many people. It's just frustration leading to uh, not a lack of interest, but just like a just, yeah, just a flop. Just like, what is the point? What is the point? What am I doing here? And then you have a full mental breakdown. Or is that just me? No, I mean, (laughs) you're prone to them for sure, but I'm definitely prone. So I, I mean, I'm prone to burnout because, you know, like you, I do so much, like, in all aspects Mm -hmm. of my life. I've got a lot of balls in the air just like you do. And I've learned to say no, which is lovely. Um, I was super excited for the fact that, that, like, it was going to be quiet in March. 
And then I ended up, now it's not. And I don't know how it got there. It, like, spiraled on me. Um, but I'm only saying yes to the things that, like, absolutely I, you know, have immediate gratification or, like, is worth it. But at the end of the day, though, I feel like every time I say yes to something else, I'm saying no to the barn time. Yeah. Right? And, like, I fought so hard to come back for this. Like, we never really talked about this before, but, like, I took 17 years off of horses. Right. That's yeah, a I don't long think we talk about time. that enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I saw I saw the reason I wanted to talk about burnout because one, I think we can all relate to it, but two, I saw this post of someone saying like, you know, I'm really frustrated with my horses and like what I'm able to do with them and not having time and I'm just wondering if I should just take a step back. Mm-hmm. If I should just step away for a while. And I'll tell you, I did that. Yep. Because when I was a kid, I burned out so hard so fast on the the competition kind of vibe that it did sour me for that myself. But like I had to go away and miss it. I had to see what else was out there and if there was anything I liked just as much. Right. And I did the same thing. And mine was faulty because it kept leading back to jobs with horses. But when I promise you that I tried really hard to quit and what I found was that I was still a part of it underneath of me. That it was too much a part of my personality. But I, you know, I definitely like didn't have horses and lived in New York City and (laughs) went through a period of time where I didn't ride at all Uh, and definitely didn't expect to be sitting here five years later, you know, on a farm farm. (laughs) with two horses talking about horses as I write about horses. (laughs) As they're literally part of our personality. Yeah. I just had to accept that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think think, I think that the leaving... I think leaving is good. I think everybody should leave for a little while. The only thing to me it puts a cramp in is like if you do want to be a professional, you're taking out a couple of years of prime like improvement time. But at the same time, you'll be I think you'll be happier mentally if you do something else for a little while. I think that used to be kind of common, right? You People would get sent away to sort of prove their... Or is that just like a fantasy novel thing? But you would, you know, <laughs> you have like an apprenticeship somewhere else. And you're, oh, no, like I want to go home. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like Rumspringer with less Yeah, you have to leave so you know if you really want it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it is it is all-encompassing for us horse girls, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the true in the heart, soul, horse girls. Like it's not a hobby. It's, it's a lifestyle and a passion. And I remember dreaming about horses right so I had nothing to do with them for the longest time I think the only thing I did was when I graduated college I went on a trip to Ireland and I rode for two hours on a like the most amazing trail ride of my life couldn't walk for five days after that but (laughs) I was like this was what I was missing right right but I if I didn't take that time off I wouldn't have known and found that love again that passion again and so like when my body, even now, says, take a week, don't worry about it, your horses don't care if you go to the barn today, or don't worry about not riding this week, because, you know, I kind of give that to myself, so I don't, I don't step away for longer and get truly burned out again. Yeah, absolutely. I think I tell myself those things a lot. Um, like, when I say, oh, I can't believe I'm not going to ride today, I remind myself, they don't care. You're not prepping for anything. 
this isn't your career. You're doing other things that you like better for your career. Uh, and it's silly that you should have to give yourself a talking to about what you like and what you don't like. But pressures are, are real too. There's the cold. <laughs> Heather's hiding a sneeze. <laughs> I was trying to be subtle. Um, you can't do it, it when you're on because video. I, because you were watching me. <laughs> I'm like, sneeze, sneeze, sneeze. But, you know, I, I'm going to draw some of the problem back to like the Instagram life too and all of the people posting about their hustle and their <laughs> and their $200 saddle pads and none of these things mean anything guys it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't mean anything it's just consumerism <laughs> please stop and uh it's okay to not be like the people that you don't know in your Instagram feed I just keep reminding myself of that we made different choices and we're happy with our choices and also, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They might actually be needing, you know, some calming supplements in yeah. order to get them through a day, right? Or they might be drunk the whole time because they can't handle it. Um, well, and and that's the thing. I think when I first started writing, you know, on the uh, the timid writer, it was like a catharsis for me, and so it was like a way that I kind of got some of the stress out. Um, and then I started, you know, I started the bodywork business at the same time. And suddenly I had all these different things that I was – these amazing or opportunities and organic things. And I was just saying yes to everything. And I got so burned out. I was like, whoa, Heather, you need to learn to say no. Like set yeah. boundaries, say no. And that involves no at the barn too, right? Like I have even all of my little barn rats are like, Heather, are you going to be at the barn this weekend? When can you work on my horse? And I have to be like, no, this is my <laughs> barn time on the, this day. If you want me to work on your horse, I could work on it this day. And it's really hard because I don't want to say no. I want to help everybody I can. But, like, there's nothing sexy about burnout. There's nothing sexy about overcommitting yourself um, because you're going to end up in an early grave or, like, hurting yourself. Stress takes a physical toll on the body, not just mental. Yeah. I'll look at the way I stop sleeping every time I'm stressed. Like, I simply yes. stop. And there's nothing I can do about it. Well, that's and me. Can I can't only... get off the couch. You can... <laughs> I'm like stuck on the couch, like I'm physically frozen. Right. So your body tells you it's got a thing. You have to, you know, if something's gone completely wrong, there's probably a reason, and it's probably stress. Yeah, I, uh, I felt, I felt bad when you were here and you were doing body work. <laughs> bad. I was like, I offered. I, offered. I know. That's totally different. <laughs> Like and then I felt bad because I, you know, Manny and Sticky Stifle didn't get any attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm what I'm doing now is I'm making a concerted effort to get down on my knees and curry comb little Manny like there's no tomorrow. Like just dig those little rubber teeth into his in his muscles. And he's happy with that. He's following me around, so I guess he likes Probably it. I loves it. <laughs> You're grooming him. Well, and next time I come visit, I'll definitely pay attention to Manny. But I, I just, <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad because like that's my problem is like I, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy yeah. what I do so much that it's really hard to limit myself, and to say no, or to like make people wait weeks for an appointment. Like I feel bad. Right. But I have to. And this is something that I really focused on in January and February, and I got to keep it going, is allotting time each week in my schedule, like on my work calendar for barn time. Right. Right. 
And that way I can't book that time because I see it. I said, nope, I'm at the barn. That's, that's not free. Yeah, I honestly, I hate having a planner, but I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing it myself. I felt like having a planner almost made me more stressed out. Because um, you saw all the things you had to do? Yeah. So what I have been doing is I just sort of make a note that's like things to do this week. And then I kind of move them into the day sort of as I do them. And then when I'm not doing something, I can look at my list and say, well, you could do that. And then I have the pleasure of putting it under the day and then putting a little strike through through it, which is always a nice feeling. And that it sort is. of eliminates that frozen, what do I do next kind of feeling that, you know, you can get when you have an insurmountable kind of list that's going to go on for months or years. You can go, well, I did something off the list. It doesn't really matter what order you do it in or whatever. Uh, so, man, I sound really nasal, don't I? <laughs> I just realized I'm not breathing. <laughs> No, you're totally fine. Still tired of a You cold. always sound this sexy. I'm like, I'm not really breathing through my nose, am I? <laughs> kind of running out of air here. <laughs> I never uh, run out of air. That's why I keep talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think writing a list and kind of like even just a to-do list and kind of cutting it into small achievable chunks is nice. Yeah, when it was big chunks, that was not working. <laughs> And no, because then you don't know where to start, and then me. you're like, "Fuck it all." <laughs> yeah, then I just do something else, or I start something else. That's what I'll do. Is I'll look oh, at my, do I'll look that. at a long list, and I'll be like, "You know what I really want to do?" And I'll do something completely new that's going to fuck up my life on like multiple levels, like the other that night a couple, like weeks the new ago. book, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I have so many projects going right now, but I feel good about them. I just needed to finish Friends with Horses. I did. I finished it. I feel like a uh, freaking Frodo after he threw the ring into the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. <laughs> like bittersweet. Like you're going to miss working no. on it. But you also need like a go in a coma for five days. Not bittersweet. <laughs> Tired and sweet. Goodbye, book. <laughs> into the fires in Mordor. You know, the bittersweet thing is I have to write a third one. No, I, I, feel, I feel good about the third one. This one I never really, when I started writing, I didn't really know the plot. The third one, I actually know exactly what I'm going to write. I just had to get this one in. It was It's a confusing process, I know. Hey, Weird Horse Girls, Heather here. Wanted to let you know about something very exciting. Natalie and I are rolling out a Patreon page for our listeners. That's right. So this won't be the same old content that's on all the players. Oh, no. What we're going to be doing is offering three major things to you. One, Patreon members will be able to ask us questions, and we're going to answer them on the air. We're also going to be doing a monthly bitch session where we're going to be talking about a topic completely unfiltered and full of opinions. And three, any bonus episodes that we publish will be given to you exclusively early before it's launched on major players so join our patreon and can't wait to see what you guys think uh, <laughs> this is like the filler in the series and it's it's not it's a good story it just it didn't really come i didn't really know how all the threads were going to come together until like well into the like 
a couple weeks ago, maybe. <laughs> I said, oh, now I get it. <laughs> so there's a lot of rewriting when it's a that. It's not how you should write books. But um, as I found, everybody's got their own process. And sadly, that is mine. You're fucking it up and having to go back and make changes. Yeah, because it's, it's been the same <laughs> consistently since day one. It's write until you're about halfway through, then go back and start over again. And then no. kind of skim through the ending and then go back and start proofreading and finding the plot threads that you really have to close in the ending and going back and writing those. So, oh, my God. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Even the ones that I've plotted, the ones that I've purchased software for to plot, all of them are a three-step process like that. That's just wow. how it goes. And yet you do it so often. You put out so many books. That's I'm faster at it. Well, because now I know it's going to happen. I don't even worry about it. I just do it. I'm like, okay. And like, you know, I share on Patreon, right? So I'm like, okay, everybody, you've been reading chapters from this now. I need a week of silence while I go back and start at the very beginning and revise everything I've written and then carry it through with these new plot threads to the ending. And then I'll start sharing again. And then the ending's going to be just like, I did the ending of this book. I had 10 chapters, all of which were about 200 words. My average chapter is 2,000 words. So they were all about 200 words. And some of them were just like five lines of dialogue. Just to say, this is the kind of gist of what's happening in this chapter. Right. This is like a placeholder. Yeah. And then I yeah. went back and rewrote it after, as I was proofreading. I've done that a couple times with the, with the backdoor horse. Yeah. Um, where I like, you know, I'll put it away for two months and then I'll pick it back up mm -hmm. and I'll have to kind of reread where I was at just to kind of get the flow and be like, oh yeah, that's where I was headed with that. And then I kind of make some changes or I make some adjustments and kind of then keep going forward. So it's like a three steps forward, two steps back kind of situation. It definitely is. Yeah. And you, you, every time you approach it with a different level of clarity. So when you do have the ability to let it sit for a really long time. It can be great for it, but it takes that much longer to, if, even when you remove like the fallow periods, it takes that many more working days to get done, which yeah. is really tough. So, you know, it's a great way to make a living. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, there's, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> and you know what's, it's really funny is I have all, I, I have ideas for several different nonfiction books that I would love to write and I can't seem to get them on the page oh yeah. I can sort of mentally compose them and I do it a lot when I'm outside so I'll be writing and I'll think of whole whole paragraphs and and eloquent things I want to say uh about any number of subjects most of them horsey uh and then I can't quite get them to compose themselves on paper it's really strange I go out and I muck the paddock the same thing all these great ideas and I can't commit to writing them it's really weird and you mostly write nonfiction. yeah where do you well, get your nonfiction ideas do you get them while you're working often often or like there'll be a lot of questions that people have and then i'll be like you know what so like so girl forward was easy because that was you know telling the travels of how i got to mongolia and what i experienced while it was there that was easy because so many people were like how did you make that happen or how did that happen and what was it like and i was like you know i'm just gonna write like i'm gonna write down um and so that was easy 
But like with the educational book, um, that was cool because I never done anything like body conditioning for the horse and rider. Plus, I never collabed with anybody before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just took shit I knew about. Like I started documenting my my retraining and rehab with Ferris, and I started kind of putting it together. Um, and the funny thing is, I'm kind of stuck right now because I'm things are going well for me with the body work, especially with the dogs. And I don't have anything for the dogs. Like I don't have any books. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I knew yeah. you, had, you had some good dog opportunities, and it seems like that should be a pretty ripe environment for. Uh, for like owner education you would think um and I do write some blog posts and things like that but uh but I've been meaning to do a dog book for a while especially with this new opportunity that came up with the uh Westminster Masters Agility Championships I mean holy fucking shit (laughs) um to be like the official massage therapist I don't know like what part of my soul to sell for that um but like so yeah so I'm kind of stuck with that like I don't really I'm not really feeling passionate about anything in particular or I'm trying to narrow it down. So, yeah. And then, of course, with the fiction books, I've got like four different ideas. And, uh, you know, I'm like you like that. It just I'm trying to edit myself and not start a project before I'm done with the others. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I say that as I've got three open projects. I think you're better than me. I've only got three, Natalie, because <laughs> I'm working right now on my memoir for Sid Collier with uh, Trafalgar Square Books, uh, which is her story. And then I've got The Backdoor Horse. Oh, yeah. I've I've even got more than that. And then I've got Taking the Reins, which is the third one of the confession series that right. I haven't started yet, but I want to come out sooner than later. And then I've got my other, my mainstream book that's going out under a pen name that is like halfway written. I think these, I think this is how people like you and me and maybe everybody can prevent burnout when it comes to like creativity. Uh, it's just having that ability to change up projects. And I don't know how that can be applied towards horsemanship, but I know we all get burned out as horsemen um on a sheer level of commitment and physicality but I feel like obviously it's really easy to get burned out creatively as well or with your work and I think variety is the answer I'm just not really sure how it applies (laughs) um I'd like to jump in here with an opinion because I have I think what is the answer for that with the horses Uh because it's what I do um because I don't want to take any more time off like mm-hmm. long time. Um, it's that I put my focus on different things every week. So there might be a consistency, but some days we do like groundwork training. Some days we do liberty, um, you know, trips and tricks or we free lunge at liberty. Some days we ride. Some days we take a walk on the trails around the property. Um, so we're doing something every different day. And even with riding, I do a different ride every day. I just don't do the walk, trot, canter, do a whole bunch of circles. I mean, I do, I set up grid exercises and I set up, let's do intervals and transitions. And I try to make it fun because my ADHD brain gets very, very fucking bored. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering if we're solving burnout right now. Like we're solving it. Is that possible? We might, 
should we write a book about it? I think maybe we should write a book about it. <laughs> like, because I'm like, that requires, that requires thinking outside of the typical, like, student divorcementship box, right? You're not just like, do your warm up, do your circles, do your serpentines, jump twice a week, you know, kind of stepping yeah. outside of that. And, and what's a well-rounded horse and rider week look like? I it sounds like a book to me. <laughs> well, maybe, you know what? I, I do too, actually. <laughs> I think, well, because I'll tell you right now, Ferris and Delight. I love to use Delight as an example. Okay. Because Delight is, I just got a compliment on TikTok of him this week. Some some woman who lives in thoroughbred country goes, wow, what a nicely built thoroughbred. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, no, he's not. <laughs> right? Because it took a lot of fucking work to get there. And he was a hard keeper. He is no longer a hard keeper. But he gets ridden maybe once once a month, maybe twice a month. I, I admit he's been on the back burger riding. But I do a lot of mental work, work with him. He does a lot of, you know, going on different uh, ground and and. So he now knows where to look for his feet. He he has all these wonderful things that when I went off property for the first time in a year with him, he was a saint because we do all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I probably horses get burned out the same way people do. And they're like, I know how to trot in circles. My God, woman, (laughs) why are we doing this? Well, and this brings it back to the question. So like I love – like slower horses. I love more woe than go, right? right? Both of my horses tend to be on the quote unquote lazier side. And that's because they zone out. They don't pay attention, <laughs> right? And what I've learned with all the work that I do with them is there is a big difference between when they're engaged with me and when they're not engaged with me. Mm-hmm. So yes, Ferris, he'll go forward all day long, every day long now. I learned how to do that. But I have to keep his attention on me because if he thinks, oh, we're just going to do circles, he doesn't pay attention and he doesn't use his body correctly, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like I have a couple of like natural obstacles that I leave out in the areas where we ride. And like, for example, there's a branch that's maybe like two inches off the ground. And it's so funny how if Ben is concentrating on himself and being a pain in the ass, he will trip over it. It's literally (laughs) just a stick on the ground. But if I have him focused on me, then it's like zing, 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 you know, his feet are all high, <laughs> he bounces over it. Um, but he'll literally like fall over this if he's not paying attention. It's like, Ben, it's a stick. You're falling over a stick that you know is there, that's always there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we might have just absolutely solved the um, the whole burnout for horses and humans we have but we have to provide a roadmap because people are going to say but heather we're not creative like you are or we don't have this uh you know sort of background with all of these different you know liberty and and um things of that nature which for that matter i don't and i always have to seek out what i what i'm supposed to be doing uh since i'm you know here in isolation in the forest so there has to be like a roadmap that says this is the way forward with livening up your barn lifestyle making it more fun okay so that so falls we need to on come us. up with that's like our problem the anti-burnout bible oh. and it's literally 
a different exercise. Like we'll have like weekly exercises and just take people through the week and say, here's this exercise. Here's this fun game. Here's these things. That sounds and amazing. I'm like so excited right? to do this. Yes. <laughs> I think we should. So let's write down. We have another project we're going to work on. Um, let's make a note. No, I think I, I think that would be super fun, actually. And just to like close it off a little bit, my husband, I've mentioned this before. My husband for years has been like, you're doing too much. Right. You're right. doing too many things. You're putting your eggs in too many baskets. Right. And what I had to explain to him was yeah, he was not wrong. But at the end of the day, I have ADHD. And if I have one basket, that basket's not going to get filled. OK, because I am already putting eggs outside the basket. Like I'm doing <laughs> off going. I'm running around doing different things. I'll probably be in the chicken coop. Like I don't know what's happening. But I need to have a couple different baskets because then when my brain needs a break, I can shift gears. Yes. I just need to fine tune how many gears I shift, right? Right. Like how many things I work on. Um, and I think it's the same thing with horse people, right? Like if you've got, I don't know, a barrel horse, right? You're not going to you're not gonna run the barrel pattern every day. You're going to get burned out so it's your horse. Right. Right? But physically and mentally. So we need to stop coming up with uh we need to come up with some some different things and this goes for life too for life well it transfers right what happens in the barn <laughs> the barn is a microcosm that's so as our as like our barn life is a as a tiny version of our real life is that what you're saying yeah yes so if we actively seek out drama in our barn life <laughs> then we actively seek out trauma in our real life or maybe we are missing drama in our in our external life so when i sit quietly on a tack trunk and just listen to everything that's going on around me that that's your version of reality tv <laughs> <laughs> i mean it tracks right i just sit and listen that's <laughs> that's about accurate <laughs> Well, and it's funny, too, because I'll tell you, somebody said to me the other day, they were like filling me in on gossip. And I said, and I remember saying this and thinking like, I kind of cringed internally because I was like, yeah, I don't want to like be the gossip. Like, I don't want to spread the gossip. I just want to hear the gossip. And I was like, oh, my God, this girl. But I'm also like tracking Scandaval from Bravo on TikTok. Like, it's my job. Because yeah. if you're not focusing on your problems, right, you got to focus on other people. I love focusing on other people's problems. And then, but <laughs> that's why we write. When <laughs> sometimes when I have it all together, I'm like, oh, what is it with these people and their problems? But that's so rare. I rarely have it all together. Oh, my God. Nobody really does. And if you do, it's a blip in time. Let's be honest. No one's got it all. There's always something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's all team win of the week. Oh. Do you have a win this week? Do I have a win this week? Yeah, I have a win this week. You better believe it. Tell I, me. <laughs> I finished the book. That's <laughs> <laughs> my so win for the month, the year. Yes, I'm so pleased. <laughs> so you only had to get sick to make that happen. I would have finished it this week, probably. Getting sick helped me finish it in two days instead of in seven days because I wasn't saying to myself, I need to go out and mess with the horses or I need to go out and like work on this or that. I just worked straight through until like 530 and then I fed the horses and that was what let me get it done. I didn't have any the the whole like I really need to be doing something else thing is what trips me up a lot.
and it, it's usually I need to go work with the horses. So I'm can, still confused about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing to take breaks. But no. like, what I want to know is how do you manage to be uninterrupted for that length of time? Because that is my biggest problem. Oh, oh, oh. My husband was building a vegetable garden. So he was outside. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I know he likes to sit and stare at you and be like, what's up? Everyone does. I'm super, <laughs> super interesting and attractive when I'm sitting staring at my computer and cussing to myself and going, oh, this character, son of a, and then going back and changing something in another chapter. <laughs> That's what I meant my hottest. <laughs> my husband will never get it because I, when I'm writing, I, I, I can't be interrupted, you know. Yeah. I, I'm in the zone. I'm literally playing something out of my head and I'm fine tuning and I'm trying to get it out on onto paper. And if you talk to me, I will get annoyed, then very fucking angry, very fucking fast. And I can't get anything done unless he's going away, which that's my win for the week. My <laughs> husband is going away this weekend snowboarding with his friends. Wonderful. <laughs> so I get to play at the barn and I get to write because the only interruptions will be my daughter's and they're all going to be on their phones. So ha. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well. Yeah. I have some de- I have some chapters due. Some so. dead time is definitely the some great time. Whenever I w- went to Pennsylvania, um, and I had the first like morning kind of my- to myself before because the expo didn't open till noon, I plopped myself down and I wrote two thousand words in like an hour. Like yeah, like quiet hotel room. <laughs> That's what I did in Orlando. Happy Absolutely, writing. yeah. <laughs> I had like two chapters done. I was like, this is great. It is, and amazing. I even texted you. Yeah, I was like, I need to rent a hotel room one night a month and just like get shit done. It's a good idea. It's amazing what you can get done in a hotel room. It really is. I know. And I've yeah. absolutely heard of people getting on flights to California and back to get writing done. I'm not good at writing on planes, but I know you are. So. I'm pretty good at it, and, and it's a great way to ignore people, but it's when people start getting interested in what I'm doing that I get annoyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because I put the headphones in, it's like the do not fuck with me, um, you know, sign language. <laughs> it's like, sorry, can't hear you, and then they'll t- start talking to me, and I'll just point to my ears, be like, nope, can't hear you, sorry. I've been seriously tempted to some with some people to just say no English, like in a very English voice. Just, oh, you mean like the guy at Orlando Airport who tried to fuck with me? Yeah, except he actually <laughs> pretended to be. He pretended to like have an accent, right? I would just be like, I'm sorry, I do not speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I have a plan. I'm going to do this the next time it comes up. I'll just be like, I'm really sorry, I don't speak any English. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for being a little weird with us, Horse Girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women.